Uh, I planned loads of things to say for my interview, but I didn't actually plan a nice little introduction so to Mike and Sue. So it's a real privilege for me to interview them. And um, I'm missing Take That tonight. And they went last night, so yeah. <laughs> never mind. It was fun. Um, I have also have the privilege of knowing some other leaders in some of the other spheres because my family are involved in the spheres. And I just want to say what an honour and privilege it is to have somebody like Mike who leads our relational mission um, sphere and um, what amazing quality and he's always moving forward if you follow him on Twitter you'll see where he is in different places so do that and uh, the lovely Sue I don't know enough about Sue so hopefully I'll find out a little bit more so please welcome them give them a massive clap okay now you've been married over 30 years haven't you that's that's pretty good going, isn't it? I say. Now I've um, I did a little bit of research on Mike and a little bit on Sue as well, going back to 2011. <laughs> what was happening then? And uh, <laughs> yes, so and um, Mike tweeted something this morning about leaders having a hobby. So if you're a leader, you need to make sure you have a hobby. So I found out a few of your hobbies, Mike. I've got here uh, fisherman, jazz fan, Norwich City supporter. You've got a boat, and the other one I've got here is tortoises. Everyone mentioned the tortoise for some reason. It's not really a hobby, it's more of a sort of a commitment, really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I did a little bit of, um, a bit of research on tortoises. So you, be, this is, you like this. this, you'll like this a lot, because I spent all afternoon just laughing about tortoises. Listen to this, it's so funny. A tortoise can be a fa- you probably know all this, you should I'll, be telling I'll, me. I'll check your facts. Yeah. You, a tortoise can be fascinating and fun companion, and with a little bit of care and attention, it's very easy to keep them healthy and happy. Is that agree? Is that true? You're okay so far. True. Okay, the next bit, this is what I love. You cannot comfortably cuddle a tortoise. (laughs) You can answer that in a minute. However, if a quiet, interesting animal is what you're searching for, you found an excellent match. Discuss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what do you think? Say the last bit again. Uh, (laughs) If you cannot comfortably cuddle a tortoise, however, if a quiet, interesting inner animal is what you're searching for, you found an excellent match. Is there competition with the tortoise, Sue? What, between Mike and the tortoise? (laughs) I move about the same speed most of the time. Yeah, you can't really cuddle one. Not really. No. No. Do you have a tortoise? Two. Two. two, Names? No. No? Do you pray for them? No, it's just the big one and the small one. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know more. But this, is the, this is another bit. Apparently, tortoises inspired the ancient Roman military. Did you know that? I didn't know that either. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I think we need to swap play. So yeah. what they do is, what they did in Roman times, they, they, they made themselves like a little tortoise shape and moved forward slowly. Okay. Ah. Yeah, yeah. As a defence. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's... Okay, I think we better. (laughs) I think we'll move on. We know what plants they eat. Do you know that? I don't know that. No, you don't know how long to hibernate them. You don't know what temperature to hibernate them at. No. And all that. You don't want to know. What time they go to bed, what time they're to get up. We know all that. 
<laughs> you know the bit that I said about being a good leader and stuff. Well, let's yeah. I think that yeah, interesting. Okay, let's move on. So, yeah. Sue, I know that you. I, I was told a little bit about Sue, and I was told that you're a bit naughty. Have you? Yeah. Who told you that? I'll tell you later. She's here. Yeah. She, she's part of the Ipswich Church. Oh. Surname like a bit like a bird. Right. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's, let's talk about you as a couple. We'll get to the serious bit now. Did you want to know about my hobbies? Yes. Because you said you were going to ask yeah. me about <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think if we moved on from the talk, yeah, let's hear yeah. your hobbies. Well, so. I like, think, if you want to know a little bit about me, uh, I like basic sewing, very basic. Um, I like knitting, I like antiques fairs. I like organising things, and I like, um, and basically I'm a homemaker, just a very normal, stay-at-home person, homemaker. Let's cheer it for that, yeah. <laughs> Come on. That's my ambition. That's brilliant. And also, I know that you are manager in a charity shop of Pathways Care. I, I am, yeah. I looked up that as well. Yeah, Pathways um, Care Farm in Lowestoft. There is a website if you want to know uh, a little bit more about that. Yeah, I um, managed the charity shop and I've been doing that for about two and a half years. The, the farm um, supports and um, does activities um, f- in a farming environment for people with anxiety or depression, low mental health problems, um, dementia... Um, learning difficulties, stuff like that. And so the shop is in the south part of the town, um, raising money to, you know, to keep it going. Plus, I mean, they get monies from elsewhere uh, as well. Um, but it's very interesting sorting through people's tat. And, <laughs> and, um, Do they have names stuff on? Like that. But, but also the shop um, is in a quite a deprived part of the town. And so we do get... Um, um, people coming in, local people, and you build up um, relationships with people as they come in. We have um, chatted to folks, you know, about a Christian faith, and we've prayed for one lady in the changing room, <laughs> things like that. So it's a step in <laughs> as, you <laughs> yeah, as, as you do. And um, so, yeah, so um, that's been a bit of a, a step up for me, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. That's brilliant. Right, great. Okay. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, because you've been together a long time and uh, obviously things have changed. Do, did you see yourselves 30 years ago, where you might be today, where you are today? You're still in Lowestoft, haven't moved uh, moved anywhere yet. No. <laughs> um, uh, 30 years ago. Um, well, no, I mean, when, when we first met so years ago, um, we were involved in church things and um, we were both working in retail and kind of thought that's, perhaps I thought that's, you know, where where we would um, continue. Um, although Mike was kind of, um, I don't know, kind of growing in kind of a leadership type of things within the church. But we've always, even before we were married, we've always done church things together, haven't we? So right from the very beginning, we were involved with Youth for Christ in Lowestoft. Great. Um, Mike, I just want to talk to you a little bit about the event this weekend. Um, you said a few years ago we wouldn't do an event like this unless it had a purpose and that we wouldn't just do a bit of camping and singing. Well, we've done a bit of camping, we've done a bit of singing. So what is your vision for this event? What do you think is going to happen or what is your hope for this weekend? 
Well, at the moment we're trying to establish sort of a rhythm as a family of churches. So we've got the leadership conference, which is biannually. Uh, so the next one's next year. So in this year, uh, I just said to the various clusters of churches, uh, the Suffolk one, particularly Norman, uh, is involved in, and uh, I said to them, just feel free to experiment this year with whatever you think might, God might be saying to you. So North Norfolk did an event like this earlier in the year. Uh, this one intention, originally was Suffolk, and this was grown a bit, which is in itself is interesting. Uh, one or two other different areas have done different day things. and different, So it's a bit of an experimental year, and often I, I, I very much like organic sort of development. I like to just let things happen and then see where God's blessing it. And then you so w- if you this water- is a flop, then we won't do it next year. That's, that's the subtext, yeah. Okay, I mean, so I, we better I make think, it good. <laughs> I think the thing is we wouldn't do it next year because of the leadership conference, but it's trying to establish a rhythm of what, you know, whether there's something more collective that we might pursue in the future. So we're just open, we're just, we'll review and pray and see where we go. Okay, and Mm. um, tell us a little bit about some of the guests, because some of the guest Mm. speakers that we've got coming in doing seminars, Pete Grieg, is it Grieg? Greg? Greg, Greg? I was thinking Mm. pronouncing it all the way here, because I couldn't work it out. So where, where did your relationship with him happen? What well, you know uh, every year I take January as a kind of a study prayer month. And uh, one of those years, I read his book, God on Mute. And I thought it was such an outstanding book. I thought, I've got to meet this guy. So I literally made an appointment to go and see him and went down to London. Had a couple of hours just getting to know him, talking to him. And we invited him to do some stuff with us, um, one or two leaders we gathered, and he talked on prayer. And he said something very, very key, which I've, I've never forgotten. It's really birthed probably the enough things. He said, in the last 30 years, the church has put a lot of energy in um, restoring or renovating or renewing worship. And he said, worship in church now is unrecognizable from how it was 30 years ago. And he said, imagine what would happen if we'd have done that with prayer. And I thought, wow, that's quite a thought. So I thought to myself, well, let's have a go at the next 30 years, uh, trying to, for however long we make, just trying to really see if prayer could become unrecognizable as God really begins to do something. So Pete, I think, is an exceptional, he's kind of a prophetic voice in the nation to do with prayer. So I think having him here will stir something in us. Yes, uh, so it's a privilege just to have him, really. Just to, and I was thinking as yeah. well, of the next 10 years, what do you, what, mm. obviously prayer with our enough events, mm. what do you see the next 10 years looking like within um, the relational mission? Yeah. And we involve yeah. more in church planting at the moment as well? <clears throat> Yes, I, I mean, Terry had 30 years of New Frontiers before he transitioned. Uh, I mean, I'm 55 now. I haven't got 30 years. <laughs> so I'm, I'm starting to think you now. Have. Well, Billy uh, Graham's still alive. Yeah, yeah, but he's not, he's not terribly active. Don't give up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, um, I've, we, we have got to start now planning the next 10, 15, 20. I'm thinking, God, give me 20 good years so that we can. Re- Sue, are you with that? 20? Well, not before we pop off, but before we're no use to anyone. (laughs) So it's investing in the next generation. So for me, the end game is multiplying more apostolic ministry and more families of churches or even bigger family of churches. That's the end game. So I'm into transition before I've started. 
And do you feel that we're maturing, growing relational mission within our within our sphere? Things have obviously changed a little bit with the change oh, in the yeah. sphere. We're growing. We, we have honestly, and I don't just say this. We have stunning people everywhere. It's fantastic. But honestly, it is the biggest privilege of our lives to be to be leading this. It's an honour. Uh, and everywhere you go, you meet incredible people. Even Terry said to me, "You've got strength and depth." Everywhere, everywhere you look. So the future is very, very bright for us as a, as a family. And it's, it's just tremendous to see people coming through all the time. So it's an honour, absolute honour. This is my last question. What do you think the challenges are for us in relational mission that you're seeing at the moment? Obviously, you're seeing a lot of great things. Mm. What do you think our challenges will be in the next X well, 20 years? That's a good question. Is it? It is a good question, yeah. Um, (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I don't think you always know, because that's the nature of leadership, um, navigating what you haven't seen coming. (laughs) So if you knew what was going to happen, you'd plan for it. So I think there's, there's there's always that kind of unpredictability. I think the biggest challenge... Communication is a huge challenge when you're geographically dispersed, which is one of the reasons I wrote the book, because I wanted to make sure that we tried to have something as a, cue, as a plug for the book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was quite good, really, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I didn't, it didn't, quick, didn't yeah. do it for that reason, but I, I just sort of... Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, so I think communication is a massive issue, just trying to make sure that everybody feels part of it. So when we're so geographically d- dispersed... That, that's quite a challenge. So we work very hard at that and I think we need to work even harder at it. I don't know if you've got any thoughts on the next 10 years. Mm, I'm probably, my thoughts about challenges, I think, are probably closer to home. And I think that's probably, um, cause that's one of the things you said about, about what things for me would be non-negotiable stuff. And I think something that's non-negotiable for me is actually getting out of bed on a Sunday morning and getting to church and being um, with your your family, of, uh, you know, your church family, um, getting to know each other well, and not not just about looking online to see what's happening, but actually being there and being with each other. I think sometimes um, people like opt in and opt out of whether yes. they feel like going or yeah. not. But I think that I think sometimes that's a, that's a challenge. Yes, it can be. Uh, let's just do one last plug. If you haven't read Mike's book, tell in one sentence. Relational mission, a way of life. If you've not read it, it's on the bookstore. Sure. Well, Paul McConaughey, who I respect very greatly, who leads 3DM, he, he said very kindly, he said it's a manifesto. And I didn't think of it like that. I really very topical. Didn't. Yeah, very topical. Yeah. So, uh, so really, it's about. This is. I believe it's our manifesto. It's the things that I feel passionately about. The things I'd love to see us. So that everyone walks into any relational mission church, and even if the style is different, because you want different styles, the values you'd be able to recognise. I would hope everywhere. Great. Okay. Mm. Thank you. That brings me to a close. Please go and buy the book. Yes. And uh, you're going <laughs> to preach at some point as well, uh, aren't you? Tomorrow evening. Yes. yes tomorrow. So. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank okay. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you.